Good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you today. My name is Tim, and welcome to Greater Alton Church. What a night or afternoon last night. It was windy, but we had a great time uh, at our Fall Fest. And uh, if you've helped with that, would you stand? If you were volunteering in some way to help with the Fall Fest, let's see all these volunteers here. Wow. A round of applause. That's wonderful. Go ahead and have a seat. Anybody survived the dinosaur train? Please stand. Oh, you can't stand. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know who the driver was, but uh, when your grandkids say, pour it on, floor it, I'm here to do what my grandkids want me to do. So uh, We're in a series of lessons we've been looking at called Decisions, Decisions. And we've been looking at, we make gobs of decisions every day. And as these doors represent different kinds of decisions, different times in our lives, we've been looking at this. Uh, we've been looking at different kind of tools we can use when we face a door. We're not sure if we should go through it or not. Uh, we don't want to be zonked like, uh, let's make a deal and pick the wrong door. Uh, but uh, the tools we've been talking about, first of all, is the Word of God. We looked at that week two. Then Gary talked about prayer, how important it is to pray. Last week, we looked at the advice of other people. You, you know, there's lots of advice out there, but which advice do you do you listen to? And today we're going to be talking about our own personal guide. If you've if you've ever been uh, on a road trip, I've done road trips. I've done several with different people. And uh, one time I got in a car at, right after church. We get in my truck and I said, Vernon, where are we going? He goes, Tim, go that way. So we went that way. We drove west on 70. We went through all of Missouri went through most of Kansas, and I didn't know where we were going. We didn't have an agenda. We didn't have a plan. We were just driving, and uh, we would hit whatever hit us. And sometimes road trips are like that or any kind of trip we have. And then sometimes if you're uh, a little, want to be a little more informed, you'll go to the hotel and you'll see that, that stand of all those pamphlets and you'll get one. Oh, look, here's a lovely thing. What is this? The largest ball of twine in Cocker City, Kansas. Oh, let's go there and see the largest ball of twine. And I got to put a piece of twine on that very place. But I would have not known about it if we were just drifting along. So a pamphlet can help sometimes. And then sometimes uh, you'll find this thing called a guidebook. Everything you need to know about a particular place or state or whatever, and you you go through that, and man, it's got all the details. It shows you where to go, what to avoid, and that can be very good. But the ultimate is when you find somebody that either lives there and they're your personal guide. Man, they know you don't want to go there. That's a tourist trap. You know, you don't want to go there. They charge too much for breakfast. You want to go someplace, here's the best place to go, and tonight I know just the spot. Is your first time here? Great. I know what you need. Is this your third time here? Well, then you've seen this. I know someplace else you may have not seen because personal guides know everything. Well, the Bible tells us, you know, uh, that there is a personal guide for you and I. We have a guidebook, which is the Bible itself, but we also have a personal guide, and the Bible calls that personal guide the Holy Spirit. Look at this uh, verse up here. We've, we learn from the Holy Spirit that He is designed to guide us to understand some things, to understand the will of God. Look at this. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, 
so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. I want to know what, you know, God has given us this thing called life. And the thing is, we can live it drifting along with no plan. And when you do that, folks, you're going to miss a lot. You're not going to not going to see as much, and you might even say, "Well, I want to get a little bit of information, as I as I want to follow God, not too much, just a little bit, not enough to make me nervous, not enough to make me change anything major. I just want a little bit." And sure enough, you know, you can you can go that way, and you'll still miss some things, and you might even get yourself into some mischief of some sort, or you find yourself going, "How did I end up here?" Then there's the guidebook, and it's really good. And then there's the personal guide that you can have that can lead you to all of the wonderful things God has in his will. And that's what I want to talk about. I know when people talk about the Holy Spirit, I know some of you are going, are you going to talk about this? Are you going to talk about that? The Holy Spirit is a very convoluted, very complicated sometimes. And preachers just complicate it to death. And I know sometimes the Bible's hard to understand. What's the Holy Spirit about? I'm not going to get into all that today. I just want to talk about how the Holy Spirit helps us find the will of God. Because that's what I really need him for. He's about bringing order and guidance into my life. That's what you find out. And, it, you know, this is so important, this idea of, of the Holy Spirit being our guide. It's one of the major reasons Jesus left this earth. Now, you do a little study of your Bible, you find that Jesus left the earth. Eh, i got a couple of reasons. One is, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I mean, he can't prepare the place if he sticks around, right? Makes sense. There's another reason he, he also left the earth, and that is to send the Holy Spirit to come and help us. Look at the here in John 16 in your notes. Jesus is speaking here, and he's talking to his disciples. He goes, let me assure you, it is better for you that I go away. He's saying, there's something, there's, I need to go away, and it's better if this happens. I say this because when I go away, I will send the helper to you. But if I do not go, the helper would not come. Jesus says, look, I've got to go so this helper can come. I can't stick around. You know, I got to thinking, why is that so important? Well, Jesus is physically limited to what he can do on this earth when he's in a body. So for him, he has to get out of the way. He has to leave so this helper, this limitless helper can come. He has to, basically, the Holy Spirit is able to come and be everywhere and inside every person. I mean, if Jesus were still here on earth, I wonder where he'd be. Wouldn't you want to know where he is? Because there's where the help is. But then you find out that the Holy Spirit can dwell inside me, and I can take God's help, this helper, anywhere with me when he's leading and living inside of me. Look at this PowerPoint up here. This is a PowerPoint passage, not on your notes. Look what Jesus goes on to say. He says this earlier, so he's reminding these guys from John 16 what he said. He goes, I'll ask a father, and he'll give you another helper. What do you mean another helper? Well, another helper. You have a helper now. I'm going to give you another one. Here's another helper. To be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it does not see him or know him. But you know him. Notice he says to his disciples, you know him because he lives with you. In other words, he's living right now with you. You see him in physical form. And he will be, he will at one time be in you. 
So Jesus leaves the earth so the Holy Spirit can be here. He helped lots of people while he was here. And he wants to continue to help. He wants to help you wherever you are. And you can have that guide, that personal guide, that help. It's a, basically the helper that the Holy Spirit is, is a version of Jesus living inside us. The word guide or helper is the word parakletos, is the Greek word there. It means to run alongside and help. And so the Holy Spirit is this parakletos, this helper that runs alongside us. And the Holy, listen, the Holy Spirit didn't come to this earth to confuse you and me. That doesn't help anybody. He came here to really work in a practical way in our lives. And he's come here to clarify the will of God. If you want, if you get confused about, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what, what to turn. What's the right choice, Lord? What's the best choice? The Holy Spirit is there to help you with this. And he'll guide you when you're led by him. Look at this passage in Galatians 5. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's to guide me, he must live inside me. It just makes sense. So what I want to do now is talk about this idea about being led by the Spirit. What does that look like? And and uh, what are the traits of, of the Holy Spirit being my personal guide? Well, if the Holy Spirit, if I let the Holy Spirit lead me, if I let the Holy Spirit guide me, number one, God's Spirit helps me learn what I need to know. If the Holy Spirit, if I let him guide me, he's going to help me learn what I need to know to understand God's will. See, all good guides are like outfitters. And I know I've talked to some of you who've been on hikes. And, and a good guide knows what you need. They know what's coming up. They understand the weather conditions. They understand the situation. If you're in the mountains, we're going to take this, you're going to need this. When you encounter this, they know all the answers to all the questions. The best guides usually do. And when you let the Holy Spirit guide you, he'll help you know what you need to know. Look at this passage here in John 14. Here's Jesus again speaking. The helper is the Holy Spirit. The Father will send him in my place. He will teach you everything. I love this. And help you remember everything I've told you. You ever had this happen to you? Years ago, I remember, uh, you, you can't explain it, but uh, you can sense something's going on. I, I used to send out the daily text. I think I did it for five or six years. I don't know if many of you got that, remember? And I would, I would read a passage and I would type what I got that morning. And over and over again, I'd have somebody text me back, how did you know? How did I know what? How did you know I needed to hear this? I didn't. Someone else did. The Holy Spirit knows. And how's that? how many times this happened to you? You've read a Bible verse. You don't even know. You happened to read it that morning and later in the day you go, oh my goodness, I needed that verse. Yeah, it happens to me all the time. Or maybe you hear a song. You hear a song and it, it causes you to pause and think and you're going, oh my goodness, I needed this. I, I, now I understand why. What's going on here? Is is what is really happening here? Is this coincidental? We have to ask ourselves this many times: Is this coincidental, or is this something on purpose? 
or you're in a small group and you're having a discussion, or you're talking with a friend and they happen to bring up and say something, you're going, oh my goodness, there's no way they knew that I was dealing with this. What's going on here? It's the Holy Spirit working, folks. He's working in our lives. He's trying to lead us. He's trying to remind us, like Jesus says here. He's going to remind you everything that is said. He reminds you everything, everything that's said in the Bible. You know, the guide doesn't disagree with the guidebook. You want to know if the Holy Spirit's talking to you? Well, look at the guidebook. It's confirmed in the guidebook. But I just noticed that, that the Holy Spirit, he'll, he's going to remind you. He might need to remind you of God's love or his justice or maybe of a promise or of a warning or of a godly principle. It just said happen and it's just coincidental. It, it's on purpose. The Holy Spirit's wanting to remind you of something that you need. And sometimes he reminds you, you know, I got I thought about this. I heard somebody say it this way. He said the Holy Spirit doesn't, uh, teach us stuff and remind us of stuff to use later. Sometimes it's that very moment we need it. And sometimes he reveals something or reminds of something, not just for my benefit, but for someone else's. Why is the Holy Spirit, why am I, why do I know this? Why did I get this information? Why do I know this, what's going on? Why is Am I supposed to say something? Am I supposed to do something about it? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is trying to lead me, trying to guide me. And that's the first way when he's, when he's guiding me. He's going to help me learn what I need to know, to understand the will of God. Here's the second one. God's Spirit, when, he's, when he leads me, God's Spirit helps me steer where I need to go. And that's about following the will of God. The Holy Spirit's about guidance. And he, and he really is interested. God is interested in getting you where you need to go. And a good guide, see, always gets me where I need to go. They, they have all the equipment. They have all the knowledge. We're going from here to here, and I'm going to make sure you get there. You know, one of the things when I was a young man, first time I realized this, somebody had opened the Bible with me, and for the very first time I realized, wow, God has a plan for me. God has a purpose for me. God's got a path for me. He's mapped it out for me. And that just thrills me. He has a will for me. He has a will for you too. He has a plan for you. And I've discovered many times that my will and God's will are different. They're just different. But he's always got a better dream, always got a better path, always got a better plan than I can come up with, what you can come up with. Here in Psalms 139 up on the screen, David says these words, All the days planned for me were written in your book before I was one day old. David says everything that you desire, your will for my life, what you want to see happen, what you want me to experience, you've already planned out before I even was born. Are you kidding me? That's thrilling to know. And this is how God is with you and I. His desire and his will is that you discover and understand the wonderful things he has for you, that you experience the best in marriage. That's why it's so important to to look at who you're going to marry if you're single. You really need to look at that, look that over. Because God has a desire as the type of person he wants you to marry and the type of person 
you want to be to help that, that other person in that relationship. The kind of family. I know many of us here. You know, last night I was talking about this this morning. I don't know what it is, but watching all those heads bounce around and grinning from ear to ear in the dinosaur train, it is awesome. Makes me drive faster. If you want me to drive slower, Mom, tell your kids to frown. Tell them to start crying. As soon as I saw somebody cry, I let up on the gas. Oh, I don't want them to cry. I had one kid, I'll never forget this, where she's in the third from the back, and she's just very stoic. Like a robot, like there's a button or something. I couldn't tell if she was really crying, so I slowed down and looked. No, she's just imitating everybody else, trying to, and we the heads start bobbing. There's something rewarding about watching children for at least a moment take their minds off of whatever they're going through and just have a good time, right? I love that. Watch Wayne was telling me at the putting green, same thing was happening, and many of you know what I'm talking about. When you do an operation, a gigantic operation machine over at first aid, and they're there trying to and it's buzzing and stuff. It's watching their eyes light up. And I I gotta tell you. Church, God wants our families, they want our, they want, He wants our families to enjoy and experience the best. But that doesn't happen automatically. You already know that, right? Yeah. It happens with God's help, with a great, with a super guide at your side. And so there's this idea that when, whenever, uh, I, I let the Holy Spirit lead me, he guides me in a way as a believer in a path, in a trajectory. I may not always understand, but I can always be sure of it's good for me. Look at this passage here in Luke 2. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. See, God, one of the things I notice is there's lots of places where the Holy Spirit is guiding people to certain places. Here's an example. Here's Simeon. He's an old feller. God has told him that he is going to meet the Messiah before he dies. And I don't know what Simeon's doing. Is he at home? Or is he in the marketplace? But something happens, and Simeon gets an idea. comes into his mind. It just pops in his head. A nudge. In fact, the word guided by the Spirit, the word guided means to be prompted be led, to be moved, to be compelled. And something moves him, something compels him, something nudges Simeon, I'm going to go to the temple today. Well, he was at the temple every day. He's probably at the temple every day. Well, something moved him to go that particular time of the day then. And he goes, and who does he meet? He meets Jesus. He didn't miss Jesus, see, because if he would have just been drifting along, he'd have missed that. But with the Holy Spirit's help, with that nudge, and he obeys that nudge, he discovers Jesus Christ. Here's another example. It's a familiar one. Uh, this is Philip. You remember Philip? He had a great thing going on in Acts chapter 8. It was a super, super work going on. People were becoming Christians. Things were going great. God says, I want you to go in the middle of nowhere. And as, he, as he's on this desert road in the middle of nowhere, look what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along and beside that chariot. There's a chariot, a man inside, a eunuch. He's reading the book of Isaiah, and he says, I want you to go near that chariot. So he walks over, walk alongside as this guy's reading. And we know what happens in the story. He's able to help the eunuch understand the will of God for his life. 
You see, when, when, when the Holy Spirit is leading you, He's going to lead you to opportunities. He's going to lead you to places that normally you wouldn't have on your agenda. You might even have it on your plan. But He's going to lead you there. He's going to want you to be there. And so I have to ask myself as a believer, and many times I do, when I get up in the morning, I will ask the Lord, where are we going today? Because he's going to do something. He's going to lead me somewhere to some person. You know, uh, we had everybody that was supposed to be at the fall fest yesterday. Everybody that showed up. And I watched many of you smiling, being warm, being welcome, helpful. And, and I'm watching, you know, uh, I heard a parent say this one time to me. When you get my child, you get me. And that's a true statement, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it's a true statement. And, and I'm watching these kids. As we're paying attention to what they value, their eyes are beaming. Well, you, these kids matter to you here? Wonderful. And th- if they're going to go to church somewhere, they want to go someplace where kids matter. And so God brought the people, the families, the messed up families, the families that appeared to have everything, everything together, the religious families, the non-religious families, brought the, the ones we needed. He brought them, that he wanted us to meet, he brought us to yesterday. And I want you to know he brought you too. He led you to help out with this booth, help out with this person. It wasn't coincidental. We got to again ask ourselves, is it coincidental that Christians meet non-Christians? Is this something by chance that happens or is God behind it? And so I, you have to ask yourself, God, where are we going today? Where are you leading me today? Where do you want me to be today? And have our eyes and heart open for his guidance. That's the second thing. When God's spirit leads me, he leads me not only to recognize God's will, but also to obey and, and take God's will somewhere. The third thing is, is that God's spirit helps me form what I need to say. And that's communicate the will of God. Has anybody else here got a problem with their mouth besides me? Man, I tell you, I've said the dumbest, uh, I've said so many dumb things, and I'm embarrassed every time. I, I, w- I wish I could forget a lot of them. I've forgotten most of them, but there's always those sticklers that just won't go away, right? Oh, why did I say that? Why did I say that? I, or, or we get into, we get into an argument, maybe in our, maybe our spouse, or maybe a friend, and we, oh, I want to, what is the thing I should say? I tell you, for me, sometimes the word yes, dear, is not in there. You know, and yet that, just nod your head, Tim, and agree with her. Quit being stubborn. You know, Holy Spirit will guide what we say. Maybe you're in a situation. You ever been at a funeral? I don't know what to say. Tim, what do you say at a funeral? Not a lot. Oh, I learned in preacher school, you nod and smile. I'm so sorry. I've had people say the dumbest stuff at funerals. And I've only done it a couple of times. Because I'm like, man, I, Lord, what do I say? What do you say when someone's in a crisis and they've picked you? They've selected you of all people. They call you up and go, I'm in a crisis. I need some help here. I need some words of wisdom. What would you say? Oh, God, help me. What do I say? Or you're under attack. Somebody criticizes the way you've done something. Or you're under attack. What are the words? Sometimes there may not be words, but I guarantee you, 
the Holy Spirit will guide us to find the right words to, to say and to not say. Some of those words as well. Look at this. This is uh, Stephen in Acts chapter 6, and he's under the gun. People are, he's arguing with people, and people are criticizing him. They're about to kill him, about to stone him. And look what the Bible says, but the Spirit was helping him to speak with wisdom. When we're under incredible pressure, when we're under incredible strain, it's the Holy Spirit's there to help us. When our emotions are all over the road, fear, anger, if the Holy Spirit leads, he'll lead us to the words to say, the right words to say, and they'll be wise words of wisdom. Look at this in Luke uh, 12. Jesus is reassuring his disciples. He does it in every, every gospel. He says, don't worry about how you defend yourself or what to say there, when, you get, when you're getting thrown in prison, when people don't like you, when people disagree with you. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about what to say, how you're going to say it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. Has this ever happened to you? You're in the middle of some discussion and you're trying to, and you're like, I don't know what to say. And all of a sudden this thought comes into your head and, and words come out. You go, and you, and you walk away going, oh man, I am just not that sharp. I just no way I could have come that up with that on my own. What is going on there? Holy Spirit is working in your life. The Holy Spirit's reminding you. You know, the longer, this is what I think is interesting. I, and I do this all the time. Maybe you do it too. I try to figure out what's the difference between my imagination and inspiration. That's a toughie. Because imagination and inspiration can sometimes be confusing. Is the Holy Spirit giving me these words? Is the Holy Spirit teaching me? I don't know how many times I've had this happen, even as I'm preaching. This thought, I don't have it anywhere. Where'd that come from? Oh, it come from my imagination. No, it didn't come from my imagination. <laughs> it come from inspiration. The Spirit's going, no, no, Tim, you're not going to say it like that. You're going to say it this way. I'm not saying we shouldn't plan and, and prepare what we're going to say. We're called to do that. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will give us the words, the right words. And we can't explain why. And I've learned this. The longer you let the Holy Spirit lead, the more you sound like the Lord. Think about that. The more you follow the Holy Spirit's lead, the more you're going to sound like Him. Because His Spirit is leading you and I. So He guides the words I say. And here's number four. When I'm led by the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit helps me become what He wants. And that's applying the will of God. I had a lady one time says, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes. Do you speak in tongues? I go, no. Well, then you can have the Holy Spirit. Really? So speaking in tongues is how you know you have the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I remember I grew up, grew up with lots of friends and I, I've learned to speak in tongues. I tried to learn to speak in tongues, things of that nature. And I'm going, that's interesting because I know a lot of people that claim to speak in tongues that are dishonest hateful, they're not faithful, getting awful quiet in here, you know what I'm talking about? Think about that church, 
Just because somebody says, I can do this, I can do this, I can, yeah, yeah, you know, but how are you doing these other places where the will of God matters? And by the way, it's my, my view is the early church spoke in tongues so they could communicate the will of God. That's really what it was for. That's what made it amazing to speak in a language that you know the person never studied. That has to be a miracle. What is he saying? I'm going to listen to him now or her. But let me tell you, I'm finding this to be true. The Holy Spirit, evidence of the Holy Spirit, is harder to find in the behavior of of the believers. And that's what's confusing to each other and to the world. Because they, we claim we, we, we trust the Lord, but then we find, they find us trusting in ourself, trusting in our money, trusting in our talents. And see the Holy Spirit saying, oh, Tim, Tim, listen, I really, I, I want to guide you. What do you want? That's, there you go. I want to guide you to what I really want, the will that I really have for you. Look at the Bible says here in 2 Corinthians 3, but we Christians have no veil over our faces. We can, we can mirror, we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. We reflect the glory of God. We reflect the image of God, which we were originally made to be, right? And he says, he says, with the Holy Spirit working as he works, I become. I know you, you say, well, Tim, I know people that one of the reasons I'm not so quick to become a Christian is because I'm going to mess up afterwards. You know, well, okay, well, you go into baptism to wash away sins. I understand as a sinner, but you come out saved, but still a sinner. If you read your scriptures, you know that's true. You're not going to be a perfect person, but you are a person that's a becoming person. That's becoming like Christ. Oh, hopefully I'm, I want to be like, I hope I'm more like Christ today than I was, let's say, a year ago. And see, that's what the world's looking for. They're looking to see, am I making progress in becoming like Jesus? That's the difference between church members that do church things and believers that imitate Christ. It's a big difference. And it all comes down to being led by the Holy Spirit. See, when the Holy Spirit guides me, He leads me out of this old life made up of my will and leads me into a new life made up of His will. So He's trying to get me somewhere. He's trying, is there something He wants that He's always wanted ever since I was born? Oh, even before that ever since man was created, was to walk in the image and likeness of God. Look at this in Galatians 5. God's Spirit makes us loving, happy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. Boy, is that what God wants? Yeah. He wants me to be loving, joyful, happy, at peace, don't have to be all wigged out. Patient. Yeah, he wants me to be kind. Do you think God wants me to be kind? Is that the will of God? 
Is being good within the will of God? Of course, Tim. Faithfulness? Absolutely. Gentle? <laughs> yeah. And self-controlled? He wants me to, to, to have some self-control? Yeah. He wants that for me. Well, how does he help me? He helps me with the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's what he wants to see and accomplished. Wants to see accomplished. That's his will for me. So what can I do to ensure that the Holy Spirit is guiding me? What can I do to make sure he's really leading me and guiding me? I think there's some commitments that I have to make. There's commitments you have to make. First commitment is I make a commitment to God. It starts there. I have to make a commitment to God. Now, why is this commitment so important? Because I receive the Holy Spirit when I become a Christian. Without this commitment, I'm not going to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm basically on my own. Look at this passage here in Acts 2. Peter, they ask him, what do you do to be saved? He says, well, every one of you must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, for the forgiveness of sins. Then you'll receive the Holy Spirit as a gift. For this promise belongs to you and your children as well as to all those who are distant, whom the Lord our God may call to himself. Notice he says that when you repent and are baptized, you receive forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit as a gift. So he starts with a commitment to God. Look at this passage up here in Romans 8. Paul reminds the Christians at Rome, and remember that if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ living in him, he is not a Christian at all. He says this to Christians. Why? Because it's possible for someone to give their life to Christ and then back away from it, and the Holy Spirit isn't leading them. The Holy Spirit's not living in them. He says it's very important. It has something to do with being a Christian. See, the Holy Spirit really can't guide me unless he's living inside me. Look at this passage in Romans 8. He goes on just a few verses down. If the Spirit is leading you, then you can take comfort in knowing you are his children. How do I know if I'm a child of God? Spirit of God. How do I know? He's living and leading in my life. I've I've done what the Bible teaches to become a Christian. I've, I've trusted him so much that I turn from my old life, turn to him, and I'm baptized. And that moment is when I receive forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. I get that help I need. That's the first commitment. Have you done that? Have you really done that? Number two, I make a commitment to read God's word. Tim, how do you know it's from the Holy Spirit? How do I know when I, I get an idea, I get an impression? How do I know it's not, if it's an impression or inspiration, or is it just indigestion? That's a good question. How do we know the difference? Well, you've got to run it through a test. You've got to test these things. And look at this passage here in 1 John. We looked at it last week when it related to false prophets and people giving advice. Look, it also says, so don't believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see if they are from God. See, again, a guide always agrees with the guidebook. And this particular personal guide will agree with the Bible because the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. 
He wrote the Bible. Look at this passage here. For Scripture never came from the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not guide you contrary to what he's already revealed, written down. doesn't make any sense. See, that's why you should read your Bible. Remember what Jesus said? He'll remind you everything I said. And see, the Holy Spirit can't remind me much of anything if I've only got a couple of verses in my head. If I only know a little bit, if I only know a little bit of the Bible. You know, when I first became a Christian, I did John 3.16, and, and I knew I needed to be baptized. I read you know, passages in, in Acts, and I went, okay, I need to do that. I had a lot more to learn. And the more I learned, the more, the more I was able to recall and remember. And God can't remind you and I of any much if all we have is a scripture on a post-it or a nice little bracelet or somewhere on our mirror. And that's about the scope of our scripture. I need to be in the Bible. So that's a second commitment. And the third commitment is, I need to act or obey when the Holy Spirit nudges. This is a very broad topic when it comes to the will of God. But I believe the Holy Spirit nudges me. And I think it's good for you to believe this as well. That's why I'm I'm telling you about it. The Holy Spirit will nudge us with a thought or an impression. And yes, we've got to run it through the test and we've got to make sure if it's... When 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 God uh, nudges, when the Spirit nudges me to do something good, how can that not be within the will of God? Oh, you've got to define what good is. Okay, you got me there, but you know what I'm saying. I'm saying most of the time, it doesn't take a lot of, 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 you know, thought here. I'm being nudged to speak to this person. I feel, I feel some kind of impression that I need to do this. I need to respond to this. And I'm just saying whenever, whenever you sense the Holy Spirit, and this is very important, Especially as we, here we are at this time in our lives at Greater Alton. All you members here. When the Holy Spirit, you feel this nudge, do it. Just do it. You know, have this attitude that says, you know what, Lord, you nudge it, you impress it, I'm on it. Before I, I, it's, that's dangerous. It's a blessing. You say, well, I don't know, Tim. Well, here's the, here's the thing. The alternative is, is, is not good, guys. Look at this passage here in First Thessalonians. Do not hold back the work of the Holy Spirit. I can't ignore God's nudges and impressions. Why not? Because you'll get somebody else. Well, that's the goal, isn't it? Well, that's what I want. You're forgetting something. Why did he pick you first? Why did he pick you to begin with? He wanted you to do this. He didn't want to go with another person. Oh, he will get another person. I tell you, you say no enough to someone. Fine. I already know what you're going to say. That's it. In our friendships, am I right? In our relationships. No, no, no. Well, I know not to go there. I don't know how many couples I've talked to, married couples. Well, he'll never do that. Why? Because he always says no, and I'm not going to ask again. I quit asking. You think God's any different? If if we hold back the work of the Holy Spirit, if I hold it back, will God go find some another another church, another people 
Yeah, he will. Yes, he will. But it's not just that. I'm resisting the will of God. I'm resisting, though, I'm, I'm saying I don't like that. I don't want that. I'm resisting the, the guidance of God's spirit. That doesn't work out well. Read the Old Testament, man. Those, those Israelites, when they resisted the Lord, they paid. They paid for it. And each time I ignore, listen, each time I ignore the Spirit's nudge, I'm holding back the will of God in my life. And so I have to make, I need to make this commitment. If I really want the Spirit to lead me, then let Him lead. How many times this happened, fellas? You let the wife drive. Then you start telling her how to drive. And what does she say? Well, why don't you just drive? Otherwise, this is what you're doing. This is what you should do. I'll park when I want to park and I'll drive. Unless you, and I'm just saying, church, we, we just, the Holy Spirit needs to be leading us. Well, I'm saying this. The Holy Spirit is leading us. The question is, am I letting him lead? Am I really letting him nudge me? Am I responding? So to, I want to say to you as we close here, just, a, just a, a thought here. How are you going to live the rest of your life? You want to drift along? It can be exciting drifting. You can run into some pretty exciting things. Just let's go that way. Let's see what happens. But you're going to miss a lot. Without that guidebook and the guide going to miss so much. So how do you plan to live out the rest of your life? Let me encourage you to let it, let this life be lived with the Holy Spirit leading you. It has a lot to do with the will of God, whether or not I'm going to recognize and benefit from the will of God. There's a card in your bulletin today, and maybe there's something you'd like to say. You may be a decision or a request you'd like to make. I need a little more help with this. I got a question about the Holy Spirit, and it, this wasn't answered in this lesson. We, I understand there's a lot about the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just write down? I, I, I'd like to talk to somebody about this some more. Maybe you'd like to open up the Bible. What's the Holy Spirit say? What did the Holy Spirit? What did He make sure was written down so I could, I can know this? And open up the Bible with someone. Maybe you're a Christian and you're saying, you know, Tim, I've been holding back the work of the Spirit. I've been resisting. I'm just, you know, I'm a nice, resistant person. I'm nice, but I, I'm rebellious. And I want to, I want to just, I want the prayer team to know I'm making a commitment. I want God to know I'm making a commitment to let the Holy Spirit be my personal guide. Well, that's the lesson. And God bless you as we, as we try to figure out the will of God by using the word, using prayer, using the wisdom of others around us, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word again. I always say that, Father. I always say that every time we lead, I lead prayer here at Greater Alton. Without your word, we wouldn't know what to do. And Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit 
that you that you not just want um, us to know about you, but you want us to know you so much that your spirit and our spirit, the Bible teaches this, that it works together, that you work in our spirit. And Father, we pray that help us work better with you. Help us cooperate with you. Help us listen what you have to say. Help us pay attention to what you're wanting to remind us. Father, I pray that that we'll be sensitive to the nudges, the impressions, the ideas that you give us. Of course, we're going to test them. Of course, we're going to think about it. And we want to make sure they're from you because there's so many other ways we can get ideas. We don't want it to be imagination, Father. We want it to be inspiration from you. So we pray, Father, open our hearts, open our minds. Help us listen to hear your voice. Where are you going to take us today? We just started here. Who are you wanting us to talk to? You're going to nudge us just as soon as we're done here. Who do you want us to speak to? Who do you want us to to love? Who do you need us to forgive? And Father, as we leave, where are we going today? Which restaurant are we thinking we're choosing that you're saying, no, that's where I want you to go? And what will we do there? Father, with so many people here yesterday, it was so, so rewarding to see all, you know, all these servants in this room pitching in, trying to touch people with your love, your warmth, your kindness, with prayer, with generosity, with service. Father, would you please uh, reaffirm, reassure us, uh, use what we've done and what we're doing in your name, that that it be a a blessing in some families this morning. What do you want me to know, Father? What do you want us to know? We trust your Holy Spirit will remind us this week of something you've said something your son said from his own lips and help us talk like you talk. That's what we ask. That's what we pray, Father. We thank you, Father, in gratitude. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Gave me a new heart Filled with compassion To share your great love Show me your ways I want to know you Guide me in truth My hope is in you That I may dwell In your house forever Lifting up your name dwell in your house forevermore that I may dwell in your house forever lifting up your name dwell in your house
live for you, Lord. Establish my path. There's one thing I ask that I may dwell in your house forever, lifting up your name. Dwell in your house forevermore, that I may dwell in your house forever, lifting up your name, dwell in your house Oh, man.